Um, hey, and welcome back to another uh, in our Tigers minor league report player interview series. And today we are happy to bring in outfielder currently with the ERC Wolves, Ben Maljeri. Uh, ben, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you, you have yeah, thank you guys for having me on. Excited to be here. Uh, and first and foremost, congrats on uh, you and the Seawolves making the playoffs. That must have been a pretty fun uh, experience. We've seen some videos from the the celebration there that was pretty cool. So yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah, great, great time. Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty cool with that group of guys. Awesome. So one of the things we always do when we kick off an interview is we like to ask people about their earliest baseball memory. Um, before you tell us yours, though, I, I have a feeling I, you grew up in New Hampshire. Yes, in the I early two thousands. I have. I'm a little bit worried about where this is going to go, but go ahead. My earliest baseball memory. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess. I guess individually, um, my earliest baseball memory was I was playing wiffle ball with my dad, and I I hit the ball right into uh, the window of my house and shattered the window when I was about I was about five, I think. Um. So that's probably the earliest baseball memory that I. Nice. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. I was, I, in my head, I pictured, okay, you're in New Hampshire. I, I assume you grew up a Red Sox fan, but maybe not. I don't know. I did. Um, and then I was like, well, what was going on with the Red Sox in the early 2000s? And then I was like, oh, no. Oh, dear God, no. The 2013 uh, ALCS uh, is one of Tigers fans, uh, you know, most painful memories of the last decade. But I'm sure we're, I don't know, what were you about 12, 13 around the time? Yeah, I was, I was 13 for that. That was, I mean, that was another good baseball memory for me. And now I have mixed feelings about it. So, yeah, you know, you can't, yeah. you can't who would have known when you were that age that you were going to grow up and play for that organization? But uh, exactly. it's pretty cool. You know, I, I used to play football constantly and I don't think I ever broke anything with football. So that may have been an early sign that maybe you had a little bit of pop there. That's tough. So, from playing baseball in, in New Hampshire in high school, in terms of just getting that visibility, how did that go about it? Because is New Hampshire known to have, is it kind of a growing hotbed community of baseball? Um, I think, I think there's more guys than, uh, people would assume. Like, um, when I was growing up, you know, my high school team, we were really good. We had a bunch of dudes out there. Um, and I just don't think a lot of guys, uh, I don't think a lot of people know like how much talent can actually come out of there. Um, because you know, when I go home in the off season now, there's a bunch of kids like high schoolers and they're, uh, committed to like bigger schools now. And that didn't really happen when I was in high school. Um, so I think that it's definitely growing for sure. I think that the recruiting, uh, as far as college and pro, um, is extending to the Northeast a little bit more just because there's a little bit of a track record there now, as far as I know, like I, I know, uh, like Grant Levine, we just played him on the Hartford Yard Goats. Uh, Cody Morissette, drafted by the Marlins, same year as me. Um, so those are two guys from New Hampshire that are in pro ball. And I think that it's uh, it's definitely growing as far as like recruiting goes in the Northeast for sure. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Levine because he was one of the few that I, I recall being because he may be the highest drafted player from New Hampshire ever or certainly up there. I forgot about Morissette. He played at Boston College, I believe, right? Yes, he did. Um, yeah, because I was looking back, I'm like, who are the who are the most famous baseball players from New Hampshire? And I there were a couple of big ones in there, but I don't. You, you might know. I might just uh, throw that trivia out there, see if you can guess. 
From New Hampshire? Yeah. Um, I know there was a, uh, there was a pitcher for the Pirates. I think his last name was Locke. He, I think he was from New Hampshire. That was a couple, I was in high school when he was pitching. Um, I'm not sure. I'm honestly not sure by anyone. So, so the two I saw, they might not necessarily be from New Hampshire proper. They may have gone to college in New Hampshire, but the two biggest, uh, like best in, in baseball references uh, database were Chris Carpenter, former Cy Young winner for the Cardinals and, uh, Kyle Hendricks. Yeah. Who is still pitching. Uh, so I just, uh, thought it would be kind of fun because it is, it's a, a, a lower number than a lot of, uh, you know, Southern states or whatever, but still pretty. Yeah, um, for sure. So, yeah, but you're, you're from New Hampshire and you head off to college at, at Holy Cross, right? And, uh, I don't know what, what led you to that school, but then there's kind of an odyssey for the next couple of years there. And I'm kind of curious how, how that all went down from Holy Cross. New Mexico, junior yeah. college, and then it, which of course happened during the COVID year, right? And then back, yeah, back northeast to northeastern. So yeah, I, I don't know uh, if you want to run down how that all went, uh, how that all happened. Yeah, I mean, I definitely had a unique college experience. Uh, out of high school, I only had a couple offers. Um, I was it was between Holy Cross and UMaine were the two uh, that I was kind of down to i guess and you know at the time i felt like holy cross was the best uh best avenue for me and i ended up committing there and i went there played my freshman year um you know i had a i had a pretty good freshman year and i think that i kind of realized that i could i could keep up with uh some of the top guys um and i just wanted to you know extend my career as much as possible and that was approached uh during the summer i had a, a pretty good summer um, and I was approached by the GM of my summer ball team. Um, and he actually suggested transferring and I was kind of, you know, I was kind of thinking about it. Um, and I think that that was kind of when I realized that I could definitely do the, the pro ball thing. Um, so, you know, I, I transferred to Juco and I kind of went for it just to kind of open my options, reopen my recruiting process. Um. And then obviously, you know, the COVID year happened when I was at JUCO and uh, Northeastern had reached out to me. Um, they, so they were kind of already recruiting me and I felt very fortunate and lucky that they had reached out to me because I didn't really have much uh, recruiting opportunity because of COVID. Um, and Northeastern, you know, was a, was a great school and like I really wanted to go there. Um, so I ended up there and then you know, play the year there, um, kind of a bit of an up and down year. And then, um, at the end of the year, I kind of started to, you know, show what I can do. Um, and then by that summer, I ended up getting picked up by the Tigers. So that's pretty much how it went. And, you know, you drafted in the 18th round. And one of the things about the Tigers recently we've noticed in the last several years is they had a big influence in the Northeast. You saw, you think of Jason Foley. Zach Short comes to mind. And even I'm trying to think of Chris, there's somebody on drawing a blank on uh, West Michigan right now. Maybe I can oh, from from the Northeast. Huh? Yeah. Uh, oh well, Brendan White was kind of from up yeah, New yeah, York, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sienna. Was that something that did you notice the Tigers were pretty pursuant? Well, the Tigers kind of were scouting you, or do you have any idea of the team scouting you at the time? Honestly, I, I had no idea. I really had no idea. Um, even, um, even up to the day of the draft, I really had no idea. I was just sitting there watching the draft tracker 
And um, I had heard that maybe the Giants were gonna were gonna pick me. I guess that I was I was in contact with them a little bit, but I was not in contact with the Tigers really. Um, so I was watching the draft tracker and I saw my name pop up, and then um, you know, like thirty seconds later, I got a call from from the Tiger scout Jim Bretts, um, and he just said, "Congrats, uh, you're a Tiger." It was that was how it went down. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I was I was a little bit curious about that, and, and one of the, I mean, just for for a player like you, I feel like it's almost hard for them to keep track of you, if you will. You're in the Northeast, then they're down, you know, Southwest, and we've always talked about the Tigers have had some success down in the Four Corners area. I was curious if, just through a sheer chance, in your you know three weeks of games down there or whatever, if you ran across Wilmer Flores because I think he was at Arizona Western. I don't know if Arizona Western played uh, New Mexico Junior College or not, but. It was close enough that I thought I'd throw it out there, but yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think that I, I ran across him, but I have had uh, talks with him and like uh, JD McLaughlin too, who went yeah. to uh, JUCO in Arizona. That, um, so th- we were kind of in the same circles, like we played the same teams and stuff, but I don't think we ever actually played against them when I was there. Yeah, it was such a short season. Yeah, it was. So. How are you handling the adjustment from West Michigan to Double A in terms of you got off to a really good start? You're making you're you took advantage of a big outfield at West Michigan. It's I think one of the biggest across the system, and that played up to your advantage. It showed your speed and defensive skills pretty well. Going up to Erie, a little different out there. They have that center field's uh, it's, it's a weird layout out over there, but nevertheless, yeah. how's the adjustment been for you in Erie? You know, it's been, uh, it's the same game. I'm just trying to, trying to keep it simple, um, and play my game. You know, it's definitely, uh, a step up for a reason. And, um, I'm just trying to stay to stick to my game and, you know, hoping that I can uh, get back to where I was in West Michigan. Uh, but I'm just going to keep going out there, playing my game, uh, making the adjustments that are necessary and doing whatever I can do that's in my control. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things, um, you spent all of last year at West Michigan, and then the, you head back there to begin this year, and I don't know if if that's tough to be like, ah, you know, I, I was hoping I'd move up. I don't know if they talked to you about that and said like, hey, when we get a spot for you, we'll move you up, or if you just had to just go out there and I'm going to prove it with my my bat and my play. Um, but I, I, we were out there for the first game, and as I recall, you had... Maybe the only run and and what the White Caps uh, debut was a home run off that Erie Arte kid who was nasty. Uh, but I, I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I have a question here. Just uh, like, were you a little bit disappointed to, to be back in West Michigan, or was it just like, got to do what you got to do? I think it was more just you got to do what you got to do. You know, like like I said, like it's the same game. Obviously, I was open hoping to get moved up, um, but that didn't end up happening. And I just went out there and played my game. And, uh, you know, took care of itself. I think that I, I showed what I can do. And ultimately I ended up here anyway. So it's, wasn't really that big of a thing. Yeah. And, and you were the first of kind of a, a wave, I guess, a mini wave of guys who came up from West Michigan. I think Montero came after you. And then the last couple of weeks it was, it was Big B and Myers. Got uh, the, the old crew back together. Uh, yeah. And were you like, pull guys aside and show them around. Like, here's what you need to do here in Erie. <laughs> you know, yeah, those are those are my boys. Yeah, they're great guys. So it's definitely nice having them um, up here. You know, we're all 
this same draft class and stuff. So, uh, we hang out, you know, I guess I showed them around a little bit, but you know, they're, they figure it out. They're, they're great guys, great teammates. So yeah. Well, and there's Blake too, Haloub or Haloub, I forget yeah. how to pronounce his name, but yeah, he, he's come up recently. Uh, yeah, you know, we, we go out to Erie a couple times a year and that seemed like kind of a, a fun place. To, there's some places to hang out like Plymouth Tavern or whatever that we went to, but uh, yeah, so you're, you're plugging along there in Erie and then suddenly you get injured. It was a facial injury. Is that what happened? I, I don't know if you want to explain what happened there. Yeah, I, I got drilled in the face, basically. So what happened? Yeah. I was, uh, it was a three, two count and I was trying to just kind of like stay in, stay in on the breaking ball for a second longer. By the time I noticed it wasn't a breaking ball, it had already hit me in the face. So was it, but no, like, you know, broken bones or lasting damage there, or was it just, uh, I, I had a, uh, a broken bone in my face on my nasal spine, I guess that's what they told me. Um, I guess it's a minor, a minor bone. Uh, so I ended up being really, really lucky. It could have been a lot worse than it was. And I ended up in the lineup two weeks later. So that was, I was really lucky. Sheesh. I've never, yeah, I've never heard of the nasal spine. Yeah, same, I was going to say same here. There. Yeah. Like they made that up. Um, uh, so one of the, what is your goal? Some, you set yourself up with goals in the beginning of the season, or are they just like, in terms of uh, hitting goals, defensive goals, What's your mindset as you head into the season of what you're looking to accomplish? Yeah, that's, I think um, coming into this season, you know, I was trying to make it less about the stats and the numbers um, because I think that last year I kind of got really, really caught up, especially in my offensive numbers, like at the plate and stuff. And I felt like it distracted me from just like playing the game. Um, I think that there's, there's something to be said about just going out there and competing for four or five at bats, nine, like whatever you need to do. Um, cause the numbers can be very distracting, you know, like getting moved up can be very distracting. Like there's all that stuff that, you know, obviously everyone wants to make it to the big leagues and like, that's the ultimate goal, but I'm not going to get there by worrying about my batting average every time I go up to the plate. So I think that it's more about just like, playing the kids game, having fun, going out there and doing my thing, um, you know, through the struggles, through the successes, just like try to have fun. That's, that's really was my goal this year was to just go out there and be my best self and have fun. I, I I've always wondered, uh, how players can, can do that, can block that out when you get up to the plate and there's a gigantic scoreboard field with your face on it. And all your numbers, like how do you just, just focus on the pitcher? I, I feel like it would be tough not like glance and go, oh man. Yeah, I mean, definitely, it's definitely tough, especially when they display your numbers and you know everyone like judging who you are as a player, like whatever is on the scoreboard. But all that matters in that moment is the guy on the mat with the ball. Like I think when I'm in the box and I can just focus on seeing the ball. And putting my best swing on it, I think that that's uh, that's when I have my best success. Is when I'm just in there trying to hit the ball hard somewhere, and that's it. And that kind of goes hand in hand with having fun and playing the game. Like that's that's the game. It's not it's not the numbers. It's not who's saying what about you. Like it really is just playing the game. And I think that that's what it comes down to when you're in the box. 
Well, and and so the one of the things we were talking about with with Gabe Alvarez after you guys clinched, uh, yeah. By the way, you know that was a tough way to not clinch, and then it must have been fun to clinch the next night. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, once you've already clinched a playoff spot, you've got a whole other half of the season to go, and it's like you're you're obviously not just playing for the playoffs. But I I do wonder if there's going to be a, a little bit more of a focus on like development in the second half, and and I'm just kind of curious if they have any specific developmental plans for you or anything they want you to do, or is there anything you want to really work on to get better at in the second half? Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, the organization, uh, developmental plans for me and my own developmental plans have aligned pretty well. Um, so far, you know, like I think the strikeouts for me have been a, a, a little bit too high, um, than I would like, and I'm assuming that that the organization would think the same. So that's something that I, I'm definitely going to work on, you know, like you said, it takes a little bit of the pressure off when we're already in the playoffs. Um, but obviously the goal is still to go out there and win, um, every day. And like I said before, it's not like, I can't be in the box thinking about, oh, I got to lower my strikeouts. Like that's not really the mentality. Um, obviously that's something that I want to work on, but it, it, it's more about changing the process to get you there than just try to solely focus on the outcome. So I think that uh, for me, like, I'm just going to go in the box and, um, you know, compete as hard as I can. Every at bat, every pitch, um, I think that that's, that's the goal. You know, it's not, um, not striking out less. I just want to compete harder and not give away any pitches. I think that that's uh, my goal going into the Especially too with one of the things that we always talk about that postseason experience matters, and there's sometimes where it's kind of often looked where in certain like some fans are like, well, prospect rankings, da 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 da. But in reality, how important is that playoff race for not only your yourself, but well, it's obviously just for your career perspective, but just how important is it for the team and creating a culture of winning. I think it's, I think it's really important. You know, um, the, the culture in the clubhouse right now is, is fantastic. And I think that that is just reflected by the fact that we did win the first half. Um, you know, like we're, we're just going out there. And like I said, we're all just going out there and having fun, being loose, competing the best that we can. And no one's, no one's like getting upset. Someone makes an error. No one's doing the blank yet. And like, we're all just out there, like having fun, being a team, you know, uh, enjoying the time that we had together. And, and it showed when we, uh, when we won the first half and it was a great feeling for all the guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's about all the, the sort of the baseball questions we have, I, I, unless you have some, something else. Really oh, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I was just, you know, you, you touched on it a little bit earlier and I was like to hear about like the, the guys that you've become really good friends with on the team, like so your bros for life or whatever. Is anybody on the team that you're really good friends with now? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say pretty much everyone on the team is, it's my friend. Like there's no one on the team that I have any sort of issue with or <laughs> anything like that. Um, but I, I think, you know, mostly I hang out, I was hanging out with Colt a lot. I mean, obviously he's a, He's going to be gone now. Uh, congratulations to him. But I'm, I'm, you know, Chris and Bigby are are my two good friends up here now. Soretti just got moved up. Um, so I, I would say that that's, that's mostly the guys that, that I hang out with. 
but you know, like when we're at the field, we're all, we're all boys. We're all playing ping pong, you know, doing whatever, playing desk, whatever, whatever it may be. Yeah, so what do you do to out, like, what do you do to kill the time outside of baseball? What is your kind of like your activity that allows you to center yourself again, or however you get away from baseball for a moment? Yeah, I've, I've been playing a lot of chess lately. Some of the guys like Gage Workman got me into it a little bit. Um, a lot of guys in the clubhouse are playing chess. Uh, we're kind of, we're kind of into that. So that's definitely a little team bonding thing. We got, we got some chess boards, um, that we play, we play best with whenever we got down top, uh, you know, after BP, whatever it may be, but that's definitely, uh, been my thing these past couple of weeks that I've been liking. Do people so use terms like, uh, no, so P- yeah, do people, like, for example, uh, people use the words like, for, for it's like, oh, look, look, he's putting on the French defense or. That's a, that's a, uh, Grobe's attack. And there's a, no, cause I, well, I used to play chess when I was younger and then people would see these things and I had no idea what they meant. I'm just like, oh, look, I'm just trying to move the pawn and I know the knight does this and I'm screwed either way. So that it's just some of the terminology sometimes when they make these, uh, or they have the one called the Dutch defense. I have no idea what that means, but <laughs> it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound clean at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, that's. I, I just, for my personal, I just, and maybe this says something about me, but I can, whenever I play chess, I can never picture what the other person is going to do. I'm just thinking about what I'm doing and then like, oh, checkmate. Cause I haven't even thought about what they might do. And that's, yeah, that's a severe problem for me. But I think that that's gotta be a, a great way to calm, calm yourself and just kind of, you, you get, you know, thinking, you know, basically cerebral, right? You're, you're instead of doing something that's very physical, you're doing something that's very cerebral. And I, I feel like that probably is a good time away from baseball, if you will. Yeah, definitely. I think it, you know, stimulates the mind a little bit. Like you said, cerebral. I think that it's a good activity instead of just like sitting on your phone or playing video games, whatever, you know, playing chess, something to do at least. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. Cause for years and years, we would just ask players and be like, ah, you know, I play Fortnite or FIFA or whatever. Yuri locker rooms out there going like queen to king chess four or whatever. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> very good that's awesome that's awesome yeah well ben thank you for taking the time to talk to us really appreciate it. these interview series have been going well for us and a lot of our a lot of our fans are, are fans of this because they get to know a different side and congratulations again on you're making playoffs but not only that but so far you're you're at your power numbers are actually more home runs near than you have in west michigan and again you continue to adjust your games getting better and um, we just want to applaud you for that and good luck the rest of the season. Thank you guys very much. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, no problem. All right, let me stop this real quick.